Hello and welcome to Chairside Live. I'm your host, Megan Strong. And I'm glad you're tuning in today because we've got a great show. Gary the Lawyer is here to answer all of your sexual harassment questions. But before we jump into that discussion, Dr. Murashan has a case for us. She's placing her first Han tapered implant, and our cameras were there to catch every step of this exciting case. Let's take a look. Hello, and thank you for taking the time to watch my presentation today on single implant placement for a lower anterior. In this clinical video, we are going to see a hopeless central lower incisor that is going to be extracted and replaced by an immediate tapered Han implant in a fresh extraction socket. In the end, we should find rehabilitation of the site using a screw-retained obsidian pressed to metal implant restoration. After topical anesthetic is used for the surgical site, I will start out with local infiltration anesthesia in the buccal and lingual vestibule. This tooth had a poor prognosis as shown in this x-ray. There is a periapical radiolucency indicating an apical lesion. Due to chronic periapical periodontitis, the tooth was carefully extracted and good care was taken to preserve the socket as much as possible. After forceps delivery, we could see the lesion which appeared to be a granuloma at the apex of the tooth. After making an incision going lingual and buccal circular, with a mini blade, I'm also making a vertical release distal to the adjacent teeth. I used a periosteal elevator to make a full thickness flap to reveal the underlying bone. This confirms mesial distal and buccal lingual width for a 3 mm diameter implant and based on the information I got from the CT scan, there is a good bone height to place a 30 mm tapered Han implant. As we can see in this occlusal view of the extraction site, it can be determined that there is a very thin buccal and lingual plate and bone particulate may be needed in the jumping distance between the implant and the bone to fill in the gap and protect the bone from collapsing. Prior to implant placement, special care was taken to clean, curette and irrigate the extraction socket. For an ideal implant position, a guide stent was used. So after verifying the stability of the stent, it was ready to use in conjunction with a 1.5 twist drill at 800 RPMs. The orientation of the initial osteotomy was confirmed with an x-ray. Then the guide is removed and good access and visibility is allowed to continue with the next drill using light pressure with up and down motion along the long axis of the osteotomy. Here is a 3 mm diameter Han implant. It has aggressive threads and it is known to obtain very good primary stability. To bypass the infrabony defect created by the granuloma, I chose a 13 mm length and threaded the implant into the osteotomy at 15 RPMs. The implant was seated at the buccal bone level with a torque value of 35 newton centimeter. As this occlusal view is showing, if the jumping distance is more than 1.5 mm, we know we will have to graft. So there will be less collapse of the bone and will prevent tissue recession or implant shadowing. I decided not to immediate load the implant, but place the appropriate 3 mm diameter healing abutment before filling in the lingual and buccal gap with bone filler. 
And again, BioAS of 0.25 to 1 millimeter particulate was placed not for regeneration purposes, but more for support to prevent the plate from becoming very thin. Final x-rays confirms implant and the healing abutment seems to be in good position and with the 3 millimeter implant diameter, the distance to adjacent peridontium is maintained. Suture is monofilament non-resorbable PTFE 4.0 that will help place the flap in approximation to the healing abutment and prevent the graft from migrating out of the area. Single interrupted sutures should adapt the tissue nicely with least amount of tension. The post-operative instructions for this patient were antibiotics for one week, analgesic for two to three days using ibuprofen, and 0.12% chlorhexidine rinse starting the day after the procedure. This is how it healed 14 days later at the suture removal appointment. Note how the patient had a hard time keeping the area plug free. At the final impression appointment, the healing abutment was removed and a closed tray impression coping was hand tightened into place. Then a full arch closed tray impression was taken. The screw retain obsidian pressed to metal was chosen for final rehabilitation. After irrigating the screw access, opening with chlorhexidine 0.12%, the area was dried and, again, Teflon tape was used to obturate the axis, leaving a 4mm room for the camouflage composite plug. After etching and bonding, the area was ready to receive the composite. Then, composite was cured and the occlusion was adjusted for centric and protrusive movements, and the restoration was left one shimstock tape out of occlusion to help the incisal edge blend better with the adjacent teeth. And to somehow mask the access hole, I recreated the occlusal wear of the adjacent incisal edges by making a small groove into the composite and then apply a small amount of stain. Patient had the opportunity to examine both restorations and was very happy with the obsidian pressed to metal screw retain implant crown. The 3 by 13 millimeter tapered hand implant was a great solution in this situation, providing patient with a stable restoration with good function and good aesthetics. Thank you for that, Dr. Marishan. Okay, now it's time to head over to the news desk. Gary, the lawyer, and I are going to talk about how to prevent a sexual harassment claim from being filed against your practice. You don't want to miss this, so let's go talk to Gary. Welcome in everyone to this installment of Gary the Lawyer. I'm here with Gary Pritchard who is the in-house legal counsel for Glidewell Laboratories. So today we're going to talk about sexual harassment and how dental practices can protect themselves from it. So what would you say to a dentist out there who is asking, what is the biggest thing they can do to help prevent a lawsuit of this kind? Well, Megan, I think the first thing to understand is that uh, sexual harassment lawsuits can be very expensive, both in the prosecution of them, in uh, having to defend the lawsuit, and also uh, in a potential jury verdict. Mm -hmm. For instance, in California, uh, the biggest jury verdict ever in a, in a lawsuit was $168 million. And unlike a lot of things, a lot of risks that you can undergo in a dental practice, like a, a malpractice uh, case, for example, a dentist probably doesn't carry 
uh, insurance for this kind of uh, for this kind of claim. So your typical um, uh, comprehensive general liability policy mm -hmm. probably will not cover a uh, sexual harassment lawsuit. The kind of insurance coverage that you can ask your broker about would be uh, EPLI insurance. That's Employment Practices Liability Insurance, and see about getting a policy of insurance from them. Uh, and see what the cost of that would be. But that can protect you if you get one of these kinds of lawsuits. Just so we understand what we're talking about. Sure. Sexual harassment is unwelcomed sexual conduct, sure. conduct of a sexual nature, mm -hmm. right? So what's unwelcome to you may be, may be uh, not unwelcome to other, to other people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, so, so, and it, it's judged from the viewpoint of the person who's claiming to be harassed. Mm -hmm. So we always have to keep that in mind. My, my mother has a much higher standard. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Has a much higher standard of, uh, uh, you know, she would find sexual harassment much quicker than I think than somebody else might, sure. right? So you have to be very conscious of that. So the safest thing for a dentist's office to do is, to, for a, you know, a dentist running a practice, mm -hmm. is keep all sexual activity out of the office whatsoever. No jokes, no innuendos, no photos, no discussions about relationships. Keep that out, set the tone at the top, and keep that out of the office. You know, if you don't want to go home and explain what you just said to your wife or significant other, or to your grandmother, or to my mother, right. or you don't want to see that printed on the front page of some newspaper somewhere, or blown up in a chart in, a jury, in front of a jury about what you just said to somebody, don't say it. Right? Don't do it. Sure. And make sure that your employees are, are also informed of that. Now, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the big thing. How do you accomplish those things? And I think it's, real, it's really easy. And in fact, the California legislature recently has made it even easier for employers in California to do this because they're making it mandatory oh. that employers provide a written policy against harassment and discrimination, and specifically sexual harassment, to its employees. Now, will training have to accompany that policy, or it's just here's the policy? No, there won't be any mandatory training okay. that accompanies policy, but the policy will have specific, um, specific language that needs to be in that policy. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if, if the dentists get the Chairside Live magazine, mm -hmm. the, I, I will attach a copy of the policy that we're going to be using here or some, something similar to it sure. that they can use. But it's a good idea, even though it's just mandatory in California, it's a good idea in every state. Training that you brought up is not mandatory, but it's a very good idea also. Mm -hmm. And then, once you, if you get a complaint, and once you get a complaint, I would very strongly suggest going to your uh, closest running to your closest um, uh, employment attorney and, uh, and asking them for some, for some help. But at a minimum, you need to have someone in the office investigate a complaint. So, and that's required by law in California. It's required by law in many states. And you don't want to be the employer that did not investigate a complaint. So when you have a complaint of discrimination or harassment, mm -hmm. you must investigate that complaint. All right, so could you give a recap for our doctors of the most important points that we talked about today? Sure. So what, I'm, what I'll do is summarize the best practices that I think a dental practice should, should do to avoid sexual harassment lawsuits or claims. And, and again, the first thing is, would be to provide a policy so that everybody, every one of your employees gets a policy uh, that, that shows them your commitment against sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. Then, next best practice, uh, employ some training. And that would probably be getting someone in from the outside to do some training. A lot of, a lot of different firms will do this, very inexpensive. Um, next, if you get a complaint, for sure investigate that complaint. You have an obligation to investigate that complaint, and you don't want to be caught not investigating. Mm -hmm. 
because you don't care enough to even investigate, right? Um, check with your insurance broker about adding a, an employment practices liability policy to your insurance. You know, um, uh, that's, a, that's a very good thing to do. I think the main thing for a dentist to do uh, in their practice is to make sure that, it's, that this kind of attitude about keeping discrimination and harassment out of the workplace comes from the top down. The dentist needs to set the example mm-hmm. and, uh, and make sure that, that it's carried out and enforce that policy. Once, it, once it's out there. Thanks so much for coming on today, Gary. I know that that'll be a valuable resource for our doctors. Thank you so much for having me on Chairside Live, Megan. It's always been a dream of mine to be here with you and be interviewed by you. Well, look at that, and now here you are. I love it. <laughs> if you have a question for Gary, you can write to him at Chairside Live at GlidewellDental.com. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. On behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, we thank you for watching, and I'll meet you right back here next time.